0: amen hey are you guys ready for a great 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 service i i I gotta be honest with you like i'm a little hyped today because today is a, a day that i've been waiting for and praying for for quite some time today is young gun sunday what's 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 young gun sunday what's 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 up with the young guns The young guns are up-and-comers at IFC. These are people that have showed their faithfulness to pursue God's plan for their life. But they've also shown the signs of a calling that God's doing something in their life. And so I invited them today to give me a week off. And I said, will you guys please come pour out your gift on the church and so today we've got five communicators starting at 18 all the way up to 28 years old would you make some noise for this year's young guns come on guys Sit down, you're tearing into their teaching time. For, for those that are um, new to IFC this year, I really felt the Lord speaking to me about talking to you that you're a supernatural person. And I've kind of weaved it in a lot of the messages that you're a supernatural being. You're a three-part being. You have a spirit. You are a spirit. Everybody say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in this body. Some of us are happy, some of us are not. <laughs> it's all right, the Lord's gonna redeem that on the other side. But one of the things that I've really been watching for is people that grow on their own. They're self-motivators, they're self-initiators, they're grab-themselves-by-the-bootstraps kind of people. They're people that are hungry and are gonna go feed themselves and everybody else is sitting around saying, somebody feed me. And what you see on this stage is some young people that I've been watching over the last few months and the last few years who have been self-feeders. They're excited about God's plan for their life. They've been building their spirit, man, and they begin to step into their calling. And I want to just say this in front of of y'all, to you guys. I'm so proud of each and every one of you. I'm so pumped about what God's doing in your lives. And I'm so pumped that I believe that you deserve a voice today. And I pray this for you, that you would receive from them so here's, here's a couple of ground rules, okay? Everybody like ground rules? Listen, first of us was kind of rowdy. We, we had church before you came to church. And so I, I want to ask you just, Would you cheer them on today? It's, I got to be honest with you. It's, it's nerve-wracking being up here. Thousands of people watching on the internet today. No pressure, guys. You got this. But here's the thing. There's, there's nerves. And so As they preach, I want you to shout them down. I, I grew up in Pentecostal church where the old ladies would pull out their hankies, you know, and they would kind of shake the hankies. And there was one older lady in our church. My dad would get preaching. She'd say from the back, she'd say, feed the sheep, (laughs) pastor." It makes it easier to preach when you know people are pulling on you. And so I ask you, pull on them, cheer them on. They're going to have six minutes each, which will be a feat in itself. And I've asked them to talk about what makes them their best. We all want to strive to be our best. But for each and every one of us, we're at our best because of different things. So they're all going to teach from the same topic that starts with, I'm at my best when. You guys ready? Yeah. Let's pray over them and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you for these amazing communicators. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling their mouth with words for our spirits and souls to be strengthened today. Give them wisdom. Give them boldness to declare your word as you put it in their heart. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen, our first communicator, he's 18 years old, recent high school graduate. He's an intern right here at IFC. Please give it up for my friend, Alberto Ramos.
1: Oh, man, do I feel the love. (laughs) I'm at my best. I'm at my best when I got the father around. My father left me when I was six years old. The last memory I had of him was me looking outside of my car window, driving away watching him go up the escalator in the airport ever since that day i've had a pain in my heart that i've been left with i've had feelings of insecurity unstable emotions and i would lash out at everyone i didn't know how to control myself i didn't know what i was desiring i had no father to show me how to become a man I would go to the world and I would immediately find answers, the wrong answers of what a man was in the world. They told me, go, go get all the women. They told me, go, go get all the riches. They told me, go, go self-loathe. Only focus on yourself, only focus on you. Leave everybody else in the dust. In Romans 12, too, it says, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Only then will you learn God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect you see growing up in middle school and high school i lived the way that the world wanted me to live and i found emptiness i found that the life that i was living was a fake life it wasn't honorable it wasn't true and most of all i didn't love anybody I was left in the dust. I felt like I was so alone. And I felt like I only had little bits and pieces of information to go after. I feel like I didn't have the full picture. I didn't understand what it meant to be a man. It got to the point where I almost took my own life. Because I didn't believe that I could become a man. This summer, I decided, man, I got nowhere else to go but the church. (laughs) I gave myself entirely to God I was looking at my life and I knew that I was going to lead to a dead end I knew the life that I was living was going to lead to death I wasn't going to be saved but you know what I started reading the Bible. I started learning about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I started to learn that Jesus was not only a son, but I also learned that he was the perfect son. That he was the perfect man. And that if I was going to become the man that I knew God was calling me to become, I would have to focus on becoming like Jesus. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And man, I remember I went down to my knees one day and I I said to God, man, just use me as a tool. Use me as a tool for your will. Let me do good through me. I'm done living with my own ways. I'm done living the life of the world. I'm done with it. It got to the point where I was so pulled in by God that I couldn't live the double life anymore of having the cross necklace on. But then I would get so far away from God. And I would go and I would lean on the devil. It's God is going to transform you. Yeah. I'm telling you, He's taking me now to a place where I can't even understand how much peace, how much joy, how much <laughs> enjoyment I have in my life. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's the best thing ever because I feel like I'm finally a true man. I feel like I can finally find out what a man is because the more and more I read his word, I read exactly what Jesus did. And I read exactly how honorable and noble he was. He died on the cross for our sins. The world hated him, but you know what he did? He loved us. And so it is my call to love everybody that I can. Impact as many people as possible. And if you're going to find your call, you got to do what I did. You got to get down on your knees. You got to pray to the Father, I need you. I need you. Come save me. Come show me what to do. Come show me where to walk. Come show me where to talk. I'm at my best when I've got... The father around.
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. He's an example to all the single moms who are thinking, how's my boy going to make it? God will place men of God in your life. When you anchor yourself into the church, I want to just give a shout out to Point Man Life Group, all the guys that meet on Saturdays and Wednesdays. This is a byproduct of what God can do. They're using mentors and examples. Hey, our next communicator, she's 26 years old. She works at Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. Please stand to your feet, give it up for my friend, Barbara Rodriguez.
2: I'm at my best. I'm at my best when I run. Do we have any runners in the house? Woo, Eddie, make some noise, runners. I can't relate at all. I can't, I don't like running, but yet I do it. And maybe that's a phenomenon to the Gen Z, I'm with you. But sometimes you gotta grow up. And so I am at my best when I run. The book of Hebrews is authored by, um, actually it's unknown, but it was authored at a time where the early church was suffering much persecution. I'm talking beatings, incarceration, facing even death. It was a difficult time for the people at that time. And at that point, they were facing extreme temptation to go back but the but the author is saying keep moving forward don't go back to the bondage of the law but keep pressing forward in newness of life in Christ Jesus in the previous verse he talks about and encourages and reminds believers of all the great men and women who ran their race by faith and so we pick up now in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 to 2 Hebrews chapter 12, verses one to two says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run, and let us run, and let us run. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. When I think of those who ran the race of faith, I think about the great women and men, the knowns, the, the extraordinary extraordinary great men and women. But I also think of the unknowns, the extra ordinary men and women who are found in this church i'm talking about the people of god those who get on their knees and say lord i need you to save my kid lord i need you to break this generational curse off of me god if you would just do this in my life i'm talking about the people of god who are called by his name i'm talking about people like my parents By faith, my parents, they conceived even though my mom was barren. By faith, my parents believed that I was going to walk even though the doctor said, she's never going to walk, forget it. (laughs) By faith, my parents placed me in a school, a private Christian school called Agape Christian Academy, on the salary of an income of a house cleaner. By faith, my dad raised me and my brother he was an orphan. By faith, my parents ran their race and they keep on running. Church, you have a race set before you and the word of the Lord is run, 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 run with endurance, run with tenacity, run full of faith and the favor of God. I wish somebody would put some momentum to the dreams and the purposes and the calling that God has inside you. Run, baby, run, run. God did not take us this far to just stay this far. There are missionaries that need to be sent out of this house. There are preachers that need to be equipped in this house. There are still souls to reach, and that is through us, through kingdom. And I release over you today Philippians 3, 13, 14. You will focus on one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead pressing on to reach what the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling you I want to share with you three tips on how to run the race number one you will always run in the direction you're looking at. So look to Jesus. Prioritize your walk with God. Get in that prayer room. Start open up the book. Take the dust off. Get in intercession. Start worshiping the Lord like nobody's watching. Get in that room. Why? When you get into that room, God will start revealing his plans for your life. You're going to start, you're going to stop comparing yourself. Why? Because you're looking to him. It's got no time to compare. You're also, you're also going to be running from a place of rest understanding that every good runner sabbaths number two you cannot run effectively while carrying excessive weight so surrender pride tonight surrender pride today confess your sins if there's a habitual habit you're, your sin you're stuck in speak to an elder speak to somebody because you are not care. you are not called to carry that number three you run faster alone, yes, but you run further with people. Get connected to a local church, start a life group, get on a dream team. We are together in this. And so let me repeat, number one, you will always run in the direction you're looking at so look to Jesus number two you cannot run effectively while carrying excessive weight address the sin number three you run faster alone but you run further with people get connected church there is much work to be done in this last hour and I invite you and encourage you that you are at your best when you run
0: Mom and dad, y'all did well. I'm proud of y'all. Wow. Y'all still glad you came to church today? I know y'all are wishing you were here in the house. There's something different about being here. Hey, our next communicator, she's 19 years old. She's a sophomore at North Point Bible College studying pastoral ministry. Please welcome Ms. Zoe Noah.
3: my best when I am at my best when I'm walking in obedience to what God has called me to do before I get into what I want to say because there's a lot I want to say I have a question to ask you what makes toddlers the most frustrating little people to talk to just think about it think about it for a couple of seconds as a former toddler myself and I assume that most of you are toddler have been toddlers at one point in your life Toddlers don't like to walk in obedience. Toddlers like to take their stand. They like to be stubborn. And their favorite word is no. So you can ask them, hey, go pick up your toy. No. Go, hey, I want you to eat your vegetables. I want you to be healthy. No. (laughs) Do you want to play this? No. And that's their favorite word. And I love my parents. I'm so thankful for them. But, you know, when I was three, when I was four, when I was a toddler, I also liked to um, say no. And <laughs> I remember this so vividly. One time, we in our house, we had this huge, heavy, heavy door, and on it, there was like a heavy lock so we wouldn't go through. And I remember my mom had told me specifically, Zoe, don't go and play with the lock, don't go near the door, you know, and she wanted me to be safe. That's what moms are supposed to do. And um, but even the fact that she brought it up made me think about it and made me want to go and play with the lock and go see what's up with this door that I can't go and play with. So I ventured over, started playing with it and the lock opened, this huge, it was like 5, 10 pounds, fell on my foot. There was blood everywhere. I was crying. It was painful. I was like, oh, no. I did what my mom told me not to do, and now I, I, it's a mess. And I remember I had to guiltily go up to my mom because I couldn't take care of that by myself. I was like, Mom, guess what happened? <laughs> guess what I did? And she gently uh, took care of me, cleaned me up. She put me on top of the counter and looked me in the eye, and she said, Zoe, Zoe, If you had chosen to listen to me, you would not be in pain right now. And I remember that so, so vividly. And you better bet I did not disobey my mom (laughs) many times after that. I was like, I'm not doing that again. But I remember being hurt that she told me that it was my fault. Because I wanted to blame someone else for what I had done. I didn't want to carry that weight of, man, I got myself into this situation. But the truth of the matter was, I chose to disobey my mom. Nobody told me to go and do that. I had to make that choice. And I think, looking back, if I was at my worst, if I had the most pain when I chose to walk in disobedience, when I chose to walk in what I wanted to do, I bet you right now, i would going to walk in the best I'll be in the best place of my life if I choose to walk in obedience, if I choose to surrender my will and walk in what God has called me to do. I'm going to uh, read Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6, and I would encourage you to read that yourself as well, because this is the one you're going to mark in your Bible. You're going to want to know this one. So Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6 says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. These blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out this right here is a covenant scripture this is a scripture that God has willingly given to us saying I will do this I will bless you if you choose to walk in obedience if you choose to obey the commands that I have given you if you choose to listen to my word you will be blessed he is legally obligated to bless you if you choose to walk in obedience I am at my best when I walk in obedience. And I just wanted to say a little bit of a testimony, because if you could do it in my life, you can do it in your life as well, amen? when I was preparing to go into this new semester of school, I was praying. I was like, God, what do you want me to be believing for? What do you want me to hold as my priority? I want to be focused. I want to look at you. What do you want me to hold um, as the most important? And he said, I want you to make people your priority. And I am an introvert. Any introverts in the house? I was like, no, I want to be in the library in my little cubby. I don't want to talk to people. You know, I was like, no, thank you. But I was like, okay, God, if you ask me to do this, I'm going to say yes. So I did. I said, okay, I'm going to make people my priority. And because of that a door opened and another door opened for me more opportunities opened for me opportunities for leadership opportunities to be recognized opportunities to be walking what God has asked me to do and I remember looking at all the things on my plate saying God how am I going to do this I said yes to what you asked me to do but like I I feel so stressed how am I going to pay for school because I'm doing all of these other things how am I going to have good relationships with people if I'm doing all of these other things how am I going to get good grades? This is what I'm paying for. This is what I'm here for. But I have all these other things you've asked me to do. How? How? And let me say, this has been the, the semester I've had the best grades. I've had the best relationships with people. God has provided exceedingly abundantly, more than I could ask or think financially. God has come through, not because I said yes in my flesh, but because I agreed and said yes. I'm going to walk in obedience to what God has asked me to and I want to encourage you guys, three really quick things. If you know you, that you need to be walking in obedience, what was the last thing that God asked you to do? And you're looking at your seeds and you're like, I don't know how, what does looking, walking in obedience look like for me right now? What was the last thing God asked you to do? Go back and do it. Then more opportunities are going to come for you to say yes again and again and again. Number two, read the word. Read the word of God. It has outlined for you exactly what you need to do. Have you been tithing? Have you been praying? Have you been serving? Are you plugged into a local church? Once you say yes to those things, those those things the Bible says, you will see blessing come in your life because you walked in what he said and asked you to do. And lastly, pray about it. God says he will answer your prayer. He will ask you. He will give you what you're asking when you're looking for him. He will draw near to you as you draw near to him. So ask him, God, what does obedience look like for me? What do I need to say yes to right now? I'm at my best when I walk in obedience. And you can be at your best when you walk in obedience.
0: I'm starting to second guest today because I don't know if I'm going to have a job after the service is over. Man, man, oh man. Hey, this next guest is a very special guest to me because she's family. She, uh... She recently graduated from the University of Memphis, summa cum laude, with a degree in social media marketing. She's now on staff here at IFC, as our social media director. Would you make some noise for my niece, Bailey Ross?
4: Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Oh, I love this house. I love my people. I love my people. All right. I'm at my best. I'm at my best when I carry less. All right. Who's ever agreed to something, and the minute you said yes, you immediately thought, oh, I should have said no. (laughs) You took on a responsibility. You said yes to the birthday party, and then it gets time to that event, and you're like, I just want to stay home. I'm tired. Like, Lord, please make something come up. Like, Like, give me an excuse so I can back out of this. Why is that? It's because your yes has weight to it. When you say a yes over here, it also means a no over here. So what does that mean? It means you got to be mindful of what you're saying yes to. Uh, In high school and college, I was a super overachiever. Obviously, I mean grades and all that fun stuff but like I had a hard time saying no to people because I didn't want you to think that I was incapable I didn't want you to think that I didn't love you because in my mind like saying yes is like saying I love you I am like yes, I'll do it for you like I want you to be my best friend <laughs> but with saying yes came a lot of responsibility and it came with a lot of stress and what I realized is saying yes I kept adding on to my plate and I was adding on weight and when I was adding on weight, I was working with a full cart that couldn't accept a lot of things that the Lord was trying to give me. So, today I want you to repeat after me. It's time to unpack. I want to read from Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Come on, somebody. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let me ask you, how are you going to be able to walk out what God has called you to do when you are carrying so much unnecessary weight? I'm going to tell you a story. So uh, when I was little, my brother was little. Hi, Parker. He's currently in college in Oklahoma. Love you, bro. Um, when he was about one and a half, he had a very severe spiral fracture in his leg. And what that, hap- what that meant was that he was going to have to get a cast on this leg, and he was going to have to get a cast on this leg, and they put a little bar in between so he wouldn't swivel his hips. But it didn't stop there because he was very little. So they actually did a whole body torso as well with a little space for his diaper, And it was formed in the way where he wasn't fully sitting and he wasn't fully laying down, so it was uncomfortable. How many of you know when you have unnecessary weight, it's uncomfortable? I mean, the Lord would make it comfortable if you were supposed to be there, like because we're just not walking in His peace. So what that had, what happened was, is because he was in this cast, he had to walk. He couldn't walk at all, so he had to crawl. He had to crawl differently. He was crawling on all fours like army crawl. We were playing games where we were like pretending the army. And but when it finally came for that cast to come off, ooh, that was that was a time. So we're in the hospital and I'm just kind of I'm about three years old, just kind of, you know, tooting around, having a fun time. And suddenly my brother just starts wailing because the cast is coming off. And I'm like going up to mom, like, mom, what are they doing to him? Like, why is he screaming? And my mom's like, well, let me talk to the doctor. We'll we'll figure out what's going on. And the doctor's like, he's fine. Like what's happening is, is he's a baby. And six weeks may not feel like long to us, but six weeks is a long time for a little baby. And what he had done was, being a baby, he had assumed that that weight was now a part of him. And when it came time to shed that weight, he was thinking they were taking him away. Like they thought they was cutting into his leg. Sometimes when it's time to take off that weight, you have to remind yourself that your issue is not you. And you need to allow the Lord to take that off of you. I like to go hiking a lot, and sometimes I, I've learned now. You know, you don't want to carry a lot of weight when you go hike, and because every time you pack something, you know that's that's more weight you have to put on you. And sometimes I think we put on so much weight on our backs. We put on the the responsibility they're not supposed to carry, the addictions, the trauma, the depression. We keep adding on to our weight, and what it's doing is it's changing our posture. Instead of staying focused on the Lord, what I'm doing is I'm crouching over, trying to carry this heavy burden, and what it's doing is it's distracting my eyes away from my Father to down here on the ground. And you know what's down on the ground? That's where the snakes are. That's where the devil is. And the devil's gonna keep trying to distract you with all these burdens. He says, keep looking at me. What you got to do, say, no, I'm taking off that backpack. I'm taking off those weights. And I'm staying focused on what the Lord is calling me to do. Come on, say unpack it. So how do you keep your load light? First of all, you gotta be honest. The Lord already knows what's going on. He already knows what you're dealing with and he's not here to shame you. He's not saying you're gonna have to break up your whole life and figure it out. No, he's like, Bailey, I got you. Dallas, I got you. I got you, just come follow me. Just let me in. He's not trying to turn you into something that you're not. He created you. He's called you into what you're supposed to do. He's trying to get it out of you. So you gotta be honest. Quit the issue, quit acting like the issue is you. Two, you're gonna need an equally yoked ox. We like to use this verse a lot, you probably know it. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? For all my single people, this is not a verse. We we use it a lot for marriage. This is not just about marriage, y'all. You need some equally yoked friendships. You need someone who's saying, I see what you've got. You hook me up to your wagon, and we're going to do this together. We're going to get through this together. I'm praying for you. I'm believing in you. Girl, let's get it on. You need your equally yoke clocks. Number 3, you got to keep the account. You got to keep it light. Lord, I know you made my wagon light and devil, you're not allowed to put anything else on my wagon. My wagon is full. I am spirit-filled. I've got the word. There's no room for you. I'm at my best when I carry less.
0: some women preachers up in here I love it I love it so good hey I saved one of the best for last he's 28 he's a professional barber at the fix barber shop in Haverhill he's a married man to his beautiful Ellie over here he's got a two-year-old little princess give it up for the closer John cancel
5: It's second service, so we got to get loud in here. Can we just stand up real quick, give God some glory? Come on. Come on, let's just praise him real quick. Thank you, Jesus. All right, all right. I'm at my best. I'm at my best when I put first things first. When I put God first, everything seems just to fall into place. Let's. I'm going to read in uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 6. It says this, but first, someone say first. first. Say first. Seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. How many people have been to a, a, a barber shop before? Anyone? Anyone? I'm not talking about super cuts. I'm talking about a real barber shop. No offense if you go there, okay? Um, as Pastor Josh was saying, I'm a professional barber. Um, I've actually cut him a couple times. Um, I haven't seen him in my chair in a while, so, you know, our friendship hasn't been the same since. But, uh,. No, but as a barber, I have, I have the opportunity to uh, squeeze in a client into my schedule. But the thing is with that, sometimes we do that with God. God is not a squeeze-in God. We, God is to be sought after, not squeezed into our life. I hope you guys are taking notes. Write this down. Seeking is in our nature, but putting God first is in our disciplines. Y'all ain't talking to me. Seeking is in our nature. But putting God first is in our disciplines. See, in um in this world, what they teach us in culture and society, in order to grow something in one area, you gotta sacrifice in another. So if you want to have a great business, you gotta sacrifice some family time. Or if you want to have a great family dynamic, you need to sacrifice some time in your career. But in God's kingdom, nothing is subtracted, nothing is sacrificed, everything is added onto you. If you seek first his kingdom. See, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Why did he say this? He said this because we're all seeking satisfaction. We're all striving for some type of satisfaction. We're all trying to be satisfied some way, somehow in this world. We're trying to better our lives. We're trying to have a lot of money. We're trying to have a great family. But God says, don't don't seek that first. Seek first my kingdom. What are, what, what are these things that I'm talking about? I'm talking about the, our, our money, our family, um, the stuff that, that, that we think about all the time. And, and I'm on assignment to tell you guys this one phrase. I feel like God was telling me to tell you don't let them win. Don't let them win. Don't let those things win. Don't let those bills win. Don't let those things take priority over your God. Don't let your clothes, your materialistic mindset, don't don't let them Yeezys win over your life. Don't let none of that stuff win. Put God first. Earlier in the book, in, in the book of Matthew, the devil had a strategy to take down Jesus. Okay? He had three different temptations. Someone say three. The first two, he failed. The last one, this was like, he, he must have been thinking, I got to get my bag. I got to take the best weapon I got. And what did he say? I want you guys to hear me here. Lean in, lean in. Lean in, lean in, lean in. What he said, bow down to me so I can give you the kingdom of this world. See, our temptation every single day is either to bow down to the kingdom of this world or to bow down to the kingdom of God. <laughs> I want to give you all some takeaways. I want to give you all some takeaways. Before, before you all leave, don't open your phone to Instagram, okay? The first app I'm challenging you to open up is your alarm clock. Just set it up 30 30 minutes prior before you usually wake up every single day. Have the mindset I'm not striving, but I'm seeking. It's, it will change the trajectory of your life if you think about, I'm not striving to, 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 to do things in this world, but I'm seeking God. I said, I said in the beginning, I'm at my best. Not when I'm mediocre. I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mediocre. I'm trying to be at my best. Right, S- lastly, I want you to write all these things down. God cares about all the stuff that you want. Your finances, your family. Whatever it is. Write it down. Bring it to God. Ask for guidance. He's gonna he's gonna take you every step of the way. He's gonna add it to your add it onto you. I'm at my best when I put first things first.
0: you stand to your feet with me all across this auditorium did you have fun today yes. I, I'm so pumped this is our future guys yes. this is our future this is this is uh this is an example for all the parents who put your kids in the nursery but not playing around in the nursery putting God's word in your children maybe your brand new mom or dad with a newbie upstairs we're praying over that baby while you're down here worshiping and hearing God. When your kids go to world changers, kingdom kids, when your middle school kids are upstairs, when the youth are in the back here, guess what? We take it seriously here. We're not babysitting. We're raising up the next generation with purpose and power. So maybe you're a parent today and you're believing that your kid will get his life right. God's no respecter of persons. Is a great place for you to release your faith and say, hey, if he can do it in their life, he can can do it in our family's life. Nobody's too far gone. Maybe you're here today and what they said is impacting you because you know you're not where you need to be. Maybe you need a relationship with the Lord that you don't have. I want to give you that opportunity before we go, and it's super simple. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. What does that mean? I got to go do something? No, no, no. It just means you open your mouth and say, hey, I need some help. The greatest prayer you can ever pray is "Help! help. Help me, Lord. And the Bible says, when you acknowledge with your mouth Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, paid for your sins, you're justified. There's, there's, there's this thing that happens. Your spirit goes from darkness to light. And you're guaranteed eternal life. I'm not going to do this publicly today, but here's my challenge to you. If you need Jesus, just pray it before you leave. Just ask him. You don't need to come down front and, and do some ritual. You don't need to go in a back room. Just out of your own heart before you leave this building and say, Lord, I need you. I, I believe that Jesus is the way. Help me. And in that moment, the Bible says that you are saved. Hey, I'm gonna dismiss you in just a moment. Would you give it up for them one more time? If you guys will go. If you guys will go out to the lobby, go out to the foyer. I wanna give them a minute. Would you do me a favor? Would you tell them how awesome they did today when you leave to go get your car? hug their necks, squeeze them tell them how awesome it was it's something to it's something to get up and do it it's something to know that it meant something to somebody else so go let them know how great it was if you're here today and you need somebody to pray with you maybe you need jesus and you want to talk a little bit more about that maybe you need the holy spirit and you need to talk about that or maybe you just got some other issues our team of prayer prayer warriors warriors will be down here at the front these are normal people just like you and I They would love to connect with you before you go and pray for you. Hey, I pray that you are blessed. I love you. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. You are dismissed.